Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CWs or the CBS. Uh, CBS is Supergirl TV series if we are talking about uh, the season one episodes of Supergirl and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. Uh, Morgan, you are muted. I'm Morgan Glennon. <laughs> uh, and for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to go back in time. Since Morgan didn't review Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until World's Finest, which aired in March of 2016, we are revisiting the first season to get Morgan's thoughts. This week, we'll be discussing episode 13 of season one titled, For the Girl Who Has Everything. I keep getting tripped up uh, introducing uh, Supergirl Radio episodes because of the CBS <laughs> connection. It's not the CW Supergirl TV series anymore. What a time. It, uh, at that time, uh, if we were to time travel back to the, the time when these first aired, they were on CBS. So it's hard to get uh, used to saying that. Uh, but before we get into discussing the episode, we need to get to... The news. Supergirl ventures to the 31st century to find answers to her present-day dilemmas only to encounter new problems and an old enemy in Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> I was trying to do that a little bit more dramatically, but it didn't work. No, uh, what, what, what were you trying to do? <laughs> I was trying to do like a Legion of <laughs> Superheroes. <laughs> I'm like too tired to do pull it off. <laughs> I think it worked. I think it was great. I think I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> an all-new feature-length DC Universe movie coming to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray combo pack. That's Blu a lot. <laughs> the, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Blu-ray plus digital and Blu-ray Canada only. <laughs> Canada doesn't get all that extra stuff. <laughs> no 4K Ultra for you, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and digital... Starting February 7th, 2023 from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Um, welcome to the 31st Century and the Legion Academy, where a new generation hones their powers with hopes of joining the Legion of Superheroes. Devastated by tragedy, Supergirl struggles to adjust to her new life on Earth. Taking her cousin Superman's advice, Supergirl leaves their space time to attend the Academy. There, she quickly makes new friends as well as a new enemy with old ties. Brainiac 5. Uh, but a nefarious plot lurks in the shadows. The mysterious group known as the Dark Circle seeks a powerful weapon held in the Academy's vault. Find out if the budding heroes can rise to the challenge in this all-new DC Universe movie. Uh, and then we have some 
cast. Uh, Meg Donnelly, American Housewife, and Harry Shum Jr., Crazy Rich Asians, lead a star-studded cast as the voices of Supergirl, Kara, and Brainiac 5, respectively. Darren Chris, Glee, uh, and the assassination of Gianni Versace, Matt Bomer, Doom Patrol, White Collar, and Jensen Ackles, uh, Supernatural, and The Boys, reprise their roles in this ongoing Justice League continuity as Superman, The Flash, and Batman, respectively. So special features include uh, The Legion Behind the Legion. It's a featurette. Uh, it says it took a heroic effort from a legion of writers, artists, animators, and filmmakers to bring Legion of Superheroes to life. In this featurette, filmmakers and stars give us a deep dive into the making of the movie from the original story idea through character development and final animation. Uh, Meet the Legionnaires is also a feature featurette that says uh, there are dozens and dozens of Legion members, many of whom are featured in Legion of Superheroes. Who made the cut? And why? I, I guess I guess we're not going to see Matter Eater Lad or Fall off, uh, Arm Fall Off Boy. No, oh, but they're my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I, I'm now going to need this featurette to justify their choices. <laughs> uh, it goes on to say, lucky for us, the filmmakers are here to introduce us to each one and give us some background on who they are and why they're important to the movie. Again. I want them to justify their choices of who they left out. <laughs> uh, and then there's a featurette called Brainiac Attack, the, intel uh, the intellect behind the supervillain. So it says, in Legion of Superheroes, uh, Brainiac 5 proves himself to be the pinnacle of all Brainiac iterations. But how did he become that way? In this featurette, filmmakers explain what we should know about the four Brainiacs who came before him and how and why Brainiac 5 chose his own path. Mm. And uh, finally, the featurette Down to Earth, the story of Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl's narrow escape from Krypton and her arrival on Earth is just the beginning of our story, literally. <laughs> in, this, <laughs> in this featurette, filmmakers explain why they chose to center Legion of Superheroes on Supergirl, what the backstory is between her and Superman at the start of the movie, and what exactly is going on between her and Brainiac 5. Mm. Uh, so for information on pricing, check out supergirlradio.com. The link will be in the video description on YouTube and in the audio podcast show notes. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I knew I, I am hyped. Uh, I remember <laughs> I remember there being something about uh, Legion of Superheroes in animation, but I, I couldn't remember if it was a TV series or a film. Uh, so it looks like we're we're getting one in a couple of months. So that's really exciting. So Morgan, what are your thoughts? I can't wait. I'm gonna like start counting down February, February <laughs> coming up soon. Uh, no, it, it sounds good. I like that they. I like that they centered it around Supergirl. I like there's a whole feature out about like, why did we center this around Supergirl? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Why? Why aren't they all centered around Supergirl? Why not? My question. <laughs> there's too much other people in my DC. <laughs> all Supergirl all the time. Uh, no, it sounds like it's going to be really good. I like the, uh, I like the storyline. I like that it's a Legion movie and that she, uh, Supergirl is getting kind of top billing in it. It's kind of her story. Uh, but there's uh, the Legion aspect as well. Uh, so I'm excited. I think that it's going to be good. I want to know what like super weapon they have hiding down there and yeah. why it's not guarded better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Supergirl actually has a, a, a long history with the Legion of Superheroes. So that's 
a good reason to put her as as the center of the story. Uh, the only thing uh, that seems to be a concern in the chat uh, from New Rachel, and I, I was curious about your thoughts on this, Morgan. Uh, New Rachel says, I only hope that they're not going for a love triangle between Cara, Brainy, and Monel because there are some promo images that seem to suggest that. that. Do you think they're going to go the love triangle route? Or would you Ooh. want to see that? Um, so it's a hard no on Bunny <laughs> to see that for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I did see, I think there was like a little promo um teaser trailer that was released, and I did notice Monel, and I was like, you again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'm excited. I've actually never seen Monel in animation. Uh, so I mostly joke because I would be interested to see uh what what yeah uh, like dc animated monel is like what's his deal does he do that little cape trick does he clearly doesn't have a beard so strike one <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's always better with a beard uh yeah no I, I i'm excited to see what this iteration of monel and even brainiac 5 it sounds like they're gonna let brainy be really smart Oh, so that's exciting. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to see how they portray all these characters. Uh, and hopefully they won't go the love triangle route. I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, hopefully that is not in the cards for this film uh, specifically. Uh, but we'll have to we'll have to check this out when it comes out in February. And uh, just wanted to put that on everybody's uh, radar that this is coming out. We get some new soup fresh uh, Supergirl content. So that is really, really exciting. All right. Well, I guess now that we have talked about uh, new Supergirl, I guess we should talk about some old Supergirl. And uh, we need to hop in the Legion Cruiser. We talked about the Legion of Superheroes. We need to get into the Legion Cruiser. And we need to go back to February 8th, 2016. <laughs> All, right, I'm ready. All right. All right. <laughs> We're going to go back to the year of our Lord, 2016. <laughs> It is always a trouble getting through some of those uh, <laughs> uh, time travel wormholes. Uh, but we have made it back to February 2016. So here's the description for uh, for the girl who has everything. Quote, Kara's friends must find a way to save her life when a parasitic alien attaches itself to her and traps her in a dream world where her family is alive and her home planet was never destroyed. Also, Alex, Hank, and the DEO must fend off a Kryptonian attack while Kara is out of commission, unquote. Wow, really, really interesting here uh, that Betty from uh, CBS oh, is, yeah. is still maintaining that Hank Henshaw name. Yeah, Betty, I think I think you can let it go. I think, <laughs> I think we all know now, right, Betty? I, I, I like that you were trying to maintain the secret initially. I respect that you know, the, the viewer experience, but now Betty, we all know. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think we can call him John. I think it's okay. Betty's uh, very cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Veronica. Veronica would just wholesale makeup storylines. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, uh, leave big bits out or tease something that never appeared. Dark Bro secrets, uh, <laughs> Valentine's day specials. None of those things ended up in episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica just did not care. Uh, so that is the interesting part of the description for me. But I think we should uh, maybe since uh, this episode is all about the, the dream world of Krypton. Morgan, I'm curious about your thoughts about uh, getting to see Kara 
essentially going back to Krypton and getting to live this fantasy life where she's still with her family and she interacts with young Kal-El. Uh, what did you think about all that? Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was uh was cool to get to see Krypton before, you know, boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and get to see her family, all of which have been recast. And uh <laughs> in a lot of ways, this really was a different time for Kara. Sure, yeah. Her mom looked different, her dad looked different. <laughs> Wasn't, let's be honest, not keeping it as tight. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I thought it, I thought it was really interesting, and like obviously, I think it's really heartbreaking the idea that you uh, she got back this this planet and this home and this world, but like more importantly, she got back her family, uh, and then to then realize, oh no, this isn't real. I thought it was like in the beginning when she was like, oh no, I have to get back, I have to get back, and then she slowly began to like lose her memories of where she needed to get back to kind of forgot about earth. And then when she realizes when Alex comes in to like pull her out and she realizes, Oh no, like none of this is real. It was really sad. Like when the, the black mercy leaves her and she like gets up and she's just like, so like emotionally destroyed. I feel like that's the kind of stuff that like Melissa Benoist does really well is like, you know, her dialogue wasn't like, oh, I'm so sad. I'm out of like, I'm out of this dream now. But M Melissa's face like just showed you how sad she was and like how tough that was. And I think she says it when she's fighting non, but like that she had to lose her family and her world again. Like she had to lose them twice. I thought this was like such a, such a strong episode just for that stuff alone. But like, honestly, everything in this episode was good. Uh, but that stuff, especially like really my heart went out to Kara. I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah. The, the bit about her losing Krypton twice. That's, that's tough, but that's what makes Supergirl such a great character. One of the things I like about this episode, particularly the uh, dream world section of it is that Alex perfectly and accurately describes why I think Supergirl is such a great character. She says, I can't promise you life without pain and loss because pain is a part of life. It's what makes us who we are. It, it's what makes you a hero. Um, and uh, so I've always really liked that part of that episode uh, because it, it just so encapsulates uh, why I think Supergirl is such a great hero and such a great character. So it's, it's, it's neat to see that they, uh, understood that pretty early on in the show's run. And I think it's a pretty strong um, dive into Kara's character, but I'm curious what you thought about uh, what it had, what this episode had to say about Alex. Yeah. I thought this, this was also a good Alex episode. Uh, we really get to see her like work hard to save her sister. I love the moment when she takes James aside and she's like, uh, he's gonna, if anything happens, he's gonna try to pull me out. So you have to make sure that I, he doesn't do that before I save Kara. Like I'm going in and I'm coming out with Kara or I'm not coming out at all. And I was like, <laughs> oh, snap. All of a sudden, this is, this is the Alex Danvers that I sometimes missed in the, in the later seasons. This is like the Alex Danvers who saves herself with her own pants, man. This is. <laughs> She's she's going in there with her leather jacket and she's going to fix things. She's going to save the day. Uh, I thought this was a great Alex episode. Obviously, there's also the um, I don't want to say twist because obviously it's been coming with Astra. Um, but there is that sort of uh, that's 
that twist at the end where Alex to save John has to kill Astra. And I thought that they actually built that up really well because we see Astra kind of uh, maybe not doubting her mission, but sort of doubting, doubting what they were doing to achieve the mission. Because when it came to Supergirl, like, that is that's her niece and like sure they fought a couple of times and she's like i'll kill you but she's like never <laughs> gonna actually kill her and now she's like oh she could actually die like mm. uh i really appreciate i liked that she goes to alex and she's like you know i don't really care about you uh but that is you know that's my niece and like here here's what she you gotta do peace out uh <laughs> so, so it was a little bit uh, you know the, the irony is that um Alex kind of knows that that maybe they could get through to her because John at the end of the episode was like, you know, there was really no getting through to Astra. There was, you know, but it's still, you know, it still sucks for <laughs> for Kara, essentially. And Alex, you know, more than most knows that maybe there was some getting through to Astra, but she had to make a split second decision in that moment of who to, you know, if she was going to save John or, you know, what, what to do. And she made that split second decision. He, I think he describes it as like a righteous kill, yeah, uh, which he does. That's what he sounds says. like the name of an amazing band. I would go see right. Just kill. It's me with righteous kill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I, in that moment she had a split second decision. She had to, she had to take it. It was, you know, maybe it was Astra or, or John. So sorry, Astra. But I did like that, like that happened in the episode where you kind of start to think, Oh, is Astra redeemable? Is Astra coming back around is, you know, she doesn't, she clearly doesn't want anything to happen to Kara. And then it's like, womp, womp. yeah, uh, I really like the scene where Astra goes, I think it's, I think it's a scene where Astra goes to the apartment and they have that conversation about, you know, you're my you're my niece's sister and I'm her aunt. What does that make us? Uh, so oh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good moment in the episode. And and Alex responds, nothing, <laughs> that makes us nothing. Um, so I, I thought their dynamic was uh, really interesting because they were both concerned about saving Kara. And that was what bridged the gap. Um, so. It, talking about that, uh, what did you think about the decision from Jean at the end to make sure that he took the fall and took the blame for uh, killing Astra instead of Alex? Yeah, I understood why he did it, because I think he just didn't want Kara to be upset with Alex or to be mad at Alex, especially because Alex has re really went over and above in this episode, risked her own life and the sisters are so close, but I feel like he kind of put her in a, in a, in a bad position because like in that moment, maybe Kara would have been more understanding than like weeks later wh where it's like, by the by, <laughs> no good time to tell you. <laughs> I killed your aunt. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> like, so now she's got to have to like, have like this in like heart to heart where if I feel like if it was in the, the heat of the moment, he could have, you know, it could have just been like, Oh, sorry, Alex was saving my life. And I feel like Carr would have been upset and maybe wouldn't have reacted great, but it would have been over. Like the bandaid would have been ripped off. And now poor Alex is gone. <laughs> gotta have to weigh like is it possible to never tell her uh can i deal with that 
Um, if I am going to tell her when's the right time, when's the right time to be like, you know how you don't have a lot of family left because of that whole planet that exploded. <laughs> and then your aunt came back and she was kind of a drag. Well, I did kill her and I feel bad about that. But <laughs> family reunion's going to be a little bit chiller, right? <laughs> like there's just really no good time to tell somebody that piece of news. So now Alex is in kind of a uh, kind of a position. Yeah, she almost confesses to Kara mm-hmm. at the end uh, when she says, you know, Kara, look, I got to tell you something. And then uh, she she thinks about it for a second and then she decides not to say anything and then tells her about uh, Jean posing <laughs> as her and Katka, which is something we will definitely discuss. Um, but uh, but Alex almost does it. I think she she even realized like at this, I can't keep lying to her about this, but she sort of chickens out there and doesn't do it. Yeah, she chickens out at the last minute and honestly, like the time to tell somebody a piece of news like that is probably as close to the incident as possible um, or else I feel like then you just gotta have to be like, I guess I have, I guess I'm living, I guess I'm taking this one to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I think once it gets, it, once it gets too far out, I one time, and this was not murdering somebody's aunt, but I one time worked in a building where this woman knew my name and I didn't know her name and I felt awkward about asking. And then it was two years later. <laughs> That's and happened I co- to me. And I couldn't anymore. And she was like, hey, Morgan, how you doing? I was like, hey, you looking good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, so the top at some point, you just got to commit. You got to commit. You got to be like, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going down with this ship. <laughs> I'm never going to learn that lady's name. And that's fine with me. That's fine. <laughs> that's how we live now. Uh, so I feel like I feel like Alex kind of missed a perfect opportunity because I feel like the further away it gets, the more it's like, oh, you've been lying to me versus like now I'm mad about two things. Right <laughs> now I'm mad that you've been lying for a really long time and also still mad you killed my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me is you should have asked the lady like, can you repeat your name? I, I just, yes. I forgot it already. I should Yeah. I or maybe like a week or two later. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names. What was your name again? But two years in. Forget there's, it. There's no ask. How do you No, There's no asking. You just, <laughs> you gotta, if you ask that question, you then have to switch jobs and move. Change your name, change your identity. Well, what you have to do in that situation, though, I'm just giving you some pointers for the future is <laughs> listen out for other people calling that person by their oh. name. Eventually, it'll happen. You'll be like, oh, that's that's the name. So oh, the, OK, the problem in this scenario was that this very nice lady worked on my floor, but not in my like department. Like I didn't work with her at all. So she just worked on the floor. So we'd bump into each other, like go into the oh. bathroom. And she didn't or, like have an get an tag or anything. Eat your coffee. Nope. And so I just be like, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're well. <laughs> well, you know, that happens sometimes. sometimes. And, and this is why I'm telling Alex, like, you gotta take care of it fast. <laughs> you can't let those linger. <laughs> well, whoever she is. 
we hope she's doing great. She was great. <laughs> Whoever she was. <laughs> uh, I think we've all done that. So uh, don't feel weird about it. Um, well, uh, so what did you think about Maxwell Lord uh, and his part and how they rescued Kara from the Black Mercy in this episode? Yeah, I like that they brought in like the fact that they've just been kind of detaining Maxwell Lord. Um, one could one could question are they allowed to do that? And is his, his rights are being violated in like a very real way here, but okay. Almost certainly. Uh, almost certainly. A hundred percent. They basically <laughs> just kidnapped him <laughs> and then put him in like a little Hannibal Lecter cell. Um, <laughs> but I did like that the way that they sort of uh, worked him into the story. And I did like um, during that scene where Alex is going in to save Kara, he just doesn't care in either direction. Like if anybody lives, if Alex dies, if Alex lives, if Supergirl good dies, if she lives. At the end, he's just like, gnarly plant. <laughs> i uh, i really enjoyed the actor who played maxwell lord i thought he was really fun like he was just like he was just gonna choose some scenery he was just gonna be kind of snarky in the background of, of scenes even if he didn't have like a huge role in the episode he was like just perfectly maxwell lord in this one and i think it did make sense the way that they use used his character in the episode but i like that even while he's like helping out the heroes he doesn't really care if they live or die <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to experiment with some new vr technology and uh get a dr pepper and his his netflix account that's all he really wanted <laughs> that is true that's true listen uh those are those are some very important uh requests that's all any of us want really <laughs> really is uh, dr pepper and our netflix and account. our netflix account <laughs> <laughs> made him i was like oh no is he hashtag relatable <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Maxwell Lord creates some new technology and helps Alex get into Supergirl's conscience, which seemed impossible at the start, but he made it work uh, using some science mumbo jumbo that everyone just has to <laughs> sure. buy. Uh, I, that it existed. made perfect sense to me. <laughs> Uh, I also like that he, uh, we learned that they're basically making Myriad like off of the back of like technology from his company so we right kind of, we kind of find out why they went into his um why they went into his building and like busted up his lab a couple episodes ago which i liked i, I liked the way that they brought it back i think season one even though there in some ways it was a little bit more like episode of the week it was really nicely serialized like that it was it didn't every episode didn't have to be like directly linked to the episode before it but like there it was like oh yeah i remember a couple episodes ago and you know they all had a battle royale in the lobby well <laughs> that's what they were doing it's like oh it was like it was building towards something. It was like it was building towards. It's like it's like they knew where they were going with the season before halfway through. Wow, that's it. Feels so genius. It feels new. It feels yeah. new and fresh to me. This, <laughs> this feeling of going to a location that may be known. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it, it is nice to see that there is a, uh, a story buildup that is happening throughout all of these episodes. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about the, uh, the 
the Black Mercy side of the episode, and I guess before we transition into the Catco aspects of it, is there anything else you wanted to discuss about the Black Mercy uh, Krypton uh, uh, aspect of the episode? Um, I'm trying to think. I know that there was like some some stuff that I picked up on in the uh, in like cars like Dream World. Uh, were we to believe? So it seemed like they were like flashing forward in time. Like she comes in, and then then when by the time Alex comes in, she's got like a whole like CW esque drama happening. It seemed like she was like a lawyer. Is that what I was picking up? That like Kara was like a lawyer because they were like, "Great job in court today." That oh, boy, yeah. like thinks that you're dreamy. Yeah, that's <laughs> sort of what it sounded like. Yeah, I was like, either she's in like mock trial or she's in actual trial, and then it spun me <laughs> off in like a different direction where I was like, "There's a there's a spinoff show." Oh yeah, Kara Danvers, attorney at law. <laughs> and- <laughs> And it's just her in Argo City, like busting, uh, busting some Argo City court, you know, court cases, and <laughs> giving a giving a great opening and closing. And like, I just, <laughs> I was like, for for a brief second, I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would watch it. I would sure. watch Supergirl, a lawyer show. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that could be fun. She'd be like, I object. Um. Yeah, I, I just I picked up on that little thing and I was like, huh, are we is there like a part of car that's like if I stayed in in Krypton, I would have been a lawyer. Well, she would have been following in her mother's footsteps because Allura was an adjudicator on Krypton. So I'm sure that that's the connection that they were making, I guess, like mother, like daughter. Uh, so there is that. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting in terms of the Allura connection in the dream world is that when, and I, I, I'll need help with this from <laughs> you, Morgan, or, or people in the live chat, uh, just to help me better understand it. But in rewatching it, it seemed like when Kara woke up, she was wearing the white dress. And it sort of sounded like that was maybe like a hospital gown that Kellex <laughs> was encouraging her to w- put on the blue dress. Did that yeah. seem? I thought like to myself, you, how if you that's a hospital gown in Krypton. Their hospital fashion is amazing. <laughs> I I saw that dress and I said, "Where can I get one?" Uh, <laughs> so stylish, so sleek, and like they're like, "No, no, no, that that's that that dress that's garbage that you wear to the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was really vibing on that dress. <laughs> and she wears it around for a, a long time. She She's does. She's like, you know, I, I like this. Calex is like, it is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Discard it and set it aflame. Uh, <laughs> I did like seeing Calex again. I was like, yeah. hey, buddy. Yeah, he was like a, a medical assistant of some sorts. Uh, Poor Kellex, Doctor Kellex, didn't really know the future. What the future was going <laughs> to hold for Kellex? Uh, uh, murdered a couple times, garbage monster. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot about the garbage. <laughs> I only remember the garbage monster because we spent like twenty minutes <laughs> parsing the trailer one time, and I like took the the brave and bold uh, position that the garbage monster was misunderstood, and then it turned out the garbage monster was misunderstood, which is <laughs> a stupid joke I was making, and it was Calix. So I'll never forget that the garbage monster was Calix. What now. was seasons? 
I think it was a fever dream we all had together. It was like a shared, <laughs> it was like a fully I do, or like a shared hallucination. <laughs> they had a whole episode with Calix is the garbage monster <laughs> just to address climate change. <laughs> He got so big, though. <laughs> Why? He got, he got so chunky, so full of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that did have Zarel in it, though, so it's a connection to Krypton. There we go. Oh, wow. There we go. Because I, even even here in the dream world, he's like, we wouldn't send you to Earth. Earth sucks. <laughs> cool, cool it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, until you just mentioned that, I've completely <laughs> forgotten about the garbage monster, and I probably would have forgotten it for all times. So. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad that you brought that back up. Hilarious. Uh, yeah, uh, so Kellex was in there. Um, they had different clothing for the Kryptonians, which I thought was a an interesting touch. Kara talks about how she made something for Zor-El. Zor um, so there were uh, some some things that they had in terms of Kryptonian culture uh, that I thought were a nice touch. I guess, uh, Morgan, uh, let's get your thoughts on young Kal-El. What did you think about seeing uh, Kal-El and Kara together? Yeah, young Kal-El like, kind of threw me off. I was like, oh, he's so tiny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He would have been like about that age if she was about that age. But yeah, it was really weird. We usually see, uh, I think it's because we usually see um, Clark Kal-El in like maybe two stages, tiny baby in a pod, mm -hmm. um, like really handsome man. It's, there's not usually a middle stage. <laughs> Where he's like a little awkward, you know, going through some stuff. Well, uh, only on Smallville, really. Trying to figure out math. Yeah, but Tom Welling was like a full-grown adult-looking man. <laughs> Passing off his 15. He was like, he was like, hello, it's me. I'm just 15. I was like, sir, you're 35. Please. <laughs> Get out of this high school. We're calling the police. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like, yes, technically that's teenage Clark Kent, but like, Come on, man. Like, I know what a I know. Look at me. I know what a teenager looks like. I've been one. None of them look like Tom Welling. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, it's kind of funny to see like a, like a little, like tween, like a little tween gal out. That was kind of cute. What did you think about their interact? Cause they had a few scenes where they, when they interacted together. Did you have any thoughts about their, uh, dynamic in the yeah, scenes. I thought it was really cute because she's she. This is what she thought she was signing up for when she went to Earth, which is like, I'm gonna protect this tiny baby. Uh, and I think she thought that she was gonna be like a mentor figure for for Kal El, and instead she got to Earth and he was already grown up. And she's like, Hey, do you want to hang out? And he's like, I got your number. We'll see each other later. <laughs> um, later never came. So, <laughs> uh, so I think it was kind of like her, t her, her way of having that experience that she assumed she was going to have with Kal-El where he was like younger and looking up to her when Alex comes in and they're like, they're doing the trial for Alex and she starts getting through to Kara, like the one, the uh, Kal-El like grabs her hand, like mm. trying to kind of hold her there. Yeah. And I thought that that was interesting. Like it was like this sort of this idea of like, this is what I thought my life was going to turn out to be. I figured I would be like this mentor to my younger uh, cousin. And I, I figured I was going to, you know, walk around in this sick blue tunic and, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> make a dragon from a dad and uh, <laughs> or and or assault people with the dragon that I made from a dad. <laughs> she was a little fast on that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I thought that was really interesting. It was really interesting to see the. um their dynamic as it might have been if her pod hadn't gotten knocked off course. Yeah, there's a moment when Alex comes in and tries to first convince the Kara that's in the dream world, like, hey, this is not real. Uh, when she first comes in, uh, Kara assumes like a protective position where she stands in front of young Kal-El a little bit. And I thought that was a nice touch because her... Her mission when she was sent off from Krypton was that she was going to protect Kal-El, baby Kal-El. Uh, so it was nice to actually get to see her be able to do that. That uh, if, even just for a little bit, she was able to fulfill that mission. So I thought that all the stuff with young Kal-El and um, the dream world, I thought was was really, really good. And I, I guess before we get out of here, uh, what did you think about how Kara leaves the dream world? Well, I guess Kara and Alex. Uh, what what did you think about that? Was it Alex convincing Kara? Was Kara remembering? How do how do you think that uh, combination of things, or if, there, if it was a combination of things, what what do you how do you think that they got out of there? Yeah, I think it was that Alex sort of convinced Kara to like allow her memories to come back in. I think the longer that Kara was under, the more like comforting it was to just kind of get like pulled along into the dream world. I think Alex put a, put a big crack in that and like allowed those memories to come flooding in. I did think it was like when she was going towards, uh, she was saying goodbye to her mother and she hugs her mom and, then her mother becomes like the black mercy. And it's like, I'm never letting you go. But then like the next scene, they're just like on the floor. And then suddenly they're in the lab. I, I, I felt like there was maybe a different way that they could have played that. It's like, maybe my only critique is like, I was like, Oh, they were like about to reach each other. And then now we're back. I thought I, that maybe the black mercy should have like fought a little bit harder in some way mm. or maybe fought less. In fact, like once she like broke out of it, she broke out of it. Yeah. I, well, I like the transition from the hands almost touching. Cause it makes you wonder, Oh, well, did they get out? Did they do it? Did, did it work? Um, so I like that transition and it's a, an, a really nice visual because it, it uh, focuses on their hands and their connection to each other. And that was the, I think the strong part of Alex getting her out of there is trying to remember uh trying to remind her who she is yeah the the black mercy i think actually did a pretty good job trying to keep her there between the fake allura and the fake zorel and the fake kal-el and the kalex and all these things that should have theoretically kept her there the the uh, the boy that she thought was cute or whatever and the nice new lawyer job um <laughs> i think all of those things did a pro I mean, for a little while, she was pretty convinced that she was there. She lost all of her memories of Earth and uh, just was sold out to the new Krypton uh, experience that she was having. So I think the Black Mercy did as much as it could. But I like the idea that Alex, you know, trumped all of that, all of those memories she had on Earth uh, once she finally remembered them, um, uh, overcame uh, the Black Mercy. I thought that I thought that was good. The only question I have about the Black Mercy is what did they do with it? After it crawled mm. off of Kara, 
What do you what do you, th- what do you think like they did with it? Kinda, it did look like it just kind of died, though. Like, it crawled off Kara. And then they just watched as it crawled away. Like, nobody went, made any effort to do anything. And then it was just like, all right, well, time for me to go. And then it just kind of looked like it, like, dried up and sort of dot, died. I don't know, though. Did they just, like, put it in, like, a satchel? Yeah, New Rachel thinks it was dead. I don't know. I I just assumed it crawled off of her and it just like took a break. It just sat down and uh, said, I'm just going to take a breather. <laughs> and I, I, I wondered, like, should they kill it? Should they imprison it somehow? We, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what the DEO did, because I'm sure they would have to dispose of that thing somehow. <laughs> I, I would hate to be that DEO uh, agent who had to be in charge of the destruction of the black mercy <laughs> i know that so, would be a terrible job yeah so i wondered what they were uh doing with the black mercy after it had uh failed to uh, secure a supergirl in that state um okay so i guess um since we've talked a little bit about the the krypton dream world Let's talk about the Earth world and some of the things that were happening while Kara was in the Black Mercy. So uh, this is an episode after the Kara Adam romance. And so Kat <laughs> is still sort of fresh off of uh, that situation. So Morgan, what did you think about how Kat was dealing with uh, the absence of Kira and um, and how Jean rectifies that as uh, shape-shifting as, as Kara? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think again, it's like a good, it's a good example of why why you should never date the CEO of your company's like son or daughter or anybody related to them, really in the family, a friend, associate, somebody they've stared at, uh, because it seemed like Cat uh, wasn't happy with Kara. Um, but honestly, I was like, okay, it's a little unfair that she's mad at Kara because of the Adam situation because that's like not related to work, but then. The reason she's mad is because Kara is never in work, huh. which feels like a legitimate reason to it be does. mad yeah. at somebody who's supposed to work for you. <laughs> so, so I was like, hmm, I don't know whose side I'm supposed to be on. It's Am I kind of on Kat's side on this one? Also, though, I don't understand you, the way that Kat is acting. You would think that Kara was like, I'm sorry, Adam, I cannot marry you. Yeah. But instead, they went on one date, like one single date. This is the most repercussions anyone has ever had for like a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably like, I regret so much going out to dinner that one night uh, because I am hearing so much about it now. Like Adam like <laughs> acted like it, she called off the engagement. And he's like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm really disappointed. She's like, I, I just met you. I just, <laughs> literally just met you. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to bounce back from this kiddo. Um, but yeah, I know. I thought it was funny that like, now that, now that car, that cat is a little bit mad at Kara. It's more that she's like noticing the things that Kara just kind of gets away with usually because she says to win like, oh, you cover for her a lot. Are you sure you want to do that? And I thought that was funny because it's like, oh, I think, you know, we joke that like, oh, Kara is never in, in the office. But like Kat notices. Yeah. Kat notices. <laughs> yeah. I think later seasons, like I'm thinking of season four and probably five and six. Uh I don't think Kara would have gotten away with the things that she did in those seasons 
if she had Kat still around. I don't think Kat no. would have put up with that stuff. I think Kat would have literally had to have known the secret at that point because otherwise she would have been like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Cat was pretty hard on Kira, uh, once again, threatening to fire her. Uh, and uh, so uh, everybody has to figure out how to cover things up because at first they don't know where her car is. And then once they know about the Black Mercy, they have to figure out how to keep Kara's job. And uh, I guess, Morgan, what did you think about the justification for that? Because, you know, I guess Kara could get another job if she really wanted to, but Alex makes the case to Jean that this is this is Kara's normal life. This is the, the way that she gets to be just a, a for lack of better words, a human person, uh, not a superhero. Uh, so what did you think about that? Is that true? Did, did Kara need Catco? I mean, later in the show? No. <laughs> uh, but I think in this season, she really did need Catco. I think it was sort of a grounding influence. She was new to the superheroing thing and like in a lot of ways, the Catco stuff still felt a lot like her normal life. And I think I think taking that away from her would have really felt like destabilizing to her. Like that's where her friends work. That's where, you know, she gets to see people where that she's not rescuing. Um, do I think it would have been easier if Kat maybe just mm, knew the secret? Maybe just knew the secret. Yeah, I do think that. I think that would have made life a lot easier. This is a lesson she did not learn in the future either. Would it have been easier a lot of times if Lena just knew the secret? Sure, it would have. But she was like, <laughs> she was like hard nah on that one too. So, <laughs> so I do understand where they set John in there uh, to pretend to be uh, Kara. I do like that he does he correct her when she calls uh, her Kira. I can't remember. I th I want to say at one point it sounded like Cat called her Carla in the captions oh, that yes. I watched. It in Mad like Carla said Carla, so I don't know if she was taking an extra dig at her or not. <laughs> I think that. she was extra mad, so she wasn't even going with her normal mispronunciation. <laughs> She's going with like an extra mispronunciation. Yeah, one that didn't even really. I mean, I guess it <laughs> sort of sounds like Kara. It's it's, it's maybe closer than area. Kira. It may, it might be actually. Carla, Cara, it's, it's closer. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jean ha had to really struggle. I was surprised though that he couldn't remember. So like Kat gives him his, him some instructions to <laughs> oh, who yeah. to call and who to interview. I thought it was strange that he couldn't keep up with that, that he couldn't, he couldn't remember names and, and uh, follow instruction, instructions. But maybe he hasn't had to do that in a long time because he's normally the one giving yeah, out the orders. He's usually given the orders. He doesn't have to remember what he says a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could see him really struggling like, wait, that was who from where? I also like that she uh, she didn't give any last names. That's something that I feel like I've experienced in like a work setting before where they're like, oh, call uh, uh, call Carly and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, does, Car does I've never met this person. Do they have a last name that I can look up? <laughs> oh, you're gone. You're gone already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I really felt for, for John in that moment because he was like, who at the what now? <laughs> like all information that Kara would have known because these are like people probably that she talks to or sets up meetings with Kat for, for Kat. And, uh, but, but John doesn't have any of this knowledge. And so instead Kara just looks like she's like 
had a day where she left her brain uh, behind. I also like when she was like, well, it seems like we're all just getting like a little hot under the collar today. So what if I just took the rest? Like, I think I should probably just like go for the rest of the day. <laughs> and Kat goes, you, you showed up three hours late. But sure, of course, take the rest of the day off early. <laughs> that that almost like that almost set me. I was like, no, that's like that's that's typical car's work day though. It's about yeah. one hour in the afternoon. She's mostly just having coffee with Win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jean really did struggle uh, to be the assistant, but I would like to think that Kara, in her normal day-to-day car probably does know those people that cat asks her to call she probably knows exactly who to call when to call them uh how to address it uh so i think car is probably a good assistant when she is in the uh workplace so i think (laughs) she shows up i think she's amazing she's knocking it out of the park um Uh, i did i did wonder though why cat was doing the interviews she's yeah why didn't she have a reporter doing that that feels like something that you want want to delegate cat yeah, i mean that's micromanaging that's that's something. too much yeah uh, daryl asks a good question uh, if he wanted to if john wanted to know who these people were why didn't he just read cat's mind to know who she was talking about i actually thought about that while i was watching the episode he forgot about he forgot about these old powers and the old noggin powers of his uh because the show i feel like the show is setting up something early um, that it's going to pay off way down the line, which is forgetting about John's psychic powers. <laughs> Get used to this feeling. It's going to continue. Well, early on, they set up two things where uh, one was he can't shapeshift too much or he'll just stay he'll in stay one that of those. Way. Yeah. And and so he's been shapeshifting a lot recently. What and then he, what if he got stuck in like as Kara? <laughs> <laughs> then he's at the de- but then it's like he's at the DEO, but it's David Harewood's voice, and he's like, oh, "Listen, I understand, but I'm stuck this way." <laughs> and then the other one is that he uh, feels like a like a uh, a bad person or a monster if he, you know, does something and intrudes someone else's mind. So it's oh, like he shook that off fast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he could have done. I mean, he was willing to shapeshift his car. I don't know why he couldn't just read Cat's mind. Yeah, I, I I don't understand that one either. I, I didn't think of it, but it's a great question. <laughs> it is a great question. Uh, do you want to talk about CM Gutierrez 74s uh, question? Uh, uh, saying Kat said something like, I see who you are now. What do you think she meant about being Supergirl, about being a heartbreaker? What do you think, Morgan? Ooh, I don't know. I think we're supposed to think she means about like breaking Adam's heart or being, you know, kind of a bad employee <laughs> um, or, um, you know, kind of talking back. But I, I, I'm all in on this theory that Kat's known the whole time now. Yeah. So now I think it's like, now I think that that's what she was saying to Cara. She's like, I, you know, I, I know that you're, I know that you're super girl. Yeah. I like it. We don't have to play these games. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea that maybe she knows that still understands that Cara is super girl, but she's being hard on her because Kat always tried to teach her, lessons and try to inspire her and mentor her uh, to some degree. So I I would like to think she was just being hard on car because she was like, you can't just not come into work. Like you have to (laughs) show up at some point. Please. I I can't (laughs) explain all of these absences. People are talking. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think those kinds of lines of dialogue are very pointed. And I would like to think they are there for a reason. It could be in reference to uh, knowing that this Kira who was in the office was an imposter. I don't mm. know. Uh, but it's it's definitely uh, something interesting and in coming from Kat. And then I saw another comment in the chat from Aaron who says, I think I remembered there being Black Mercy in Lex's vault in season two. I don't know. Uh, Lex wasn't, was Lex in season two? I think they Maybe showed just, his vault because that was the season that Lily and Luther showed up. Oh. And I think they did show the uh, Lexo suit maybe in season two. So I think they probably did. Uh, I think they teased the Lexo suit. I, I remember at some point, I, I think Aaron's right. I think there was like a little uh, scene where they opened Lex's vault and it had like the Lexo suit in there and there were probably some other stuff. So yeah, Black Mercy makes sense. So I don't know how Lex would have gotten hold of it. Uh, I'm sure he has his ways. <laughs> he does have his ways. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would make sense that he would get in charge of it because he probably knows what it does to Kryptonians. Well, uh, Morgan, is there anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about with this episode? I just really liked this one. Honestly, I would. I thought this one was really, I mean, and I feel like I, I've been saying this about every episode in season one. Um, but this one, this was a really good episode. It had all of the really personal Kara stuff that kind of goes back to her backstory and like what makes her a hero. It has Alex being like peak Alex and throwing herself into danger to save her sister. Um, it has some great... Um, Astra stuff with Laura Benanti and like really good like emotional scenes with her and Carr when when Astra's dying um and it it does honestly it was the most that I was like oh non could be a villain <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he's kind of been like a non entity for me so far pun fully uh, intended that is my non pun uh, <laughs> but this one was like oh you know if Astra if Astra thinks non's like uh one to watch then you know, I, I believe Astra. Um, yeah, and I think I think the uh, the cat stuff was was pretty fun. With uh, any time that uh, Melissa Benoist has to pretend that she's Jean as Melissa Benoist is always really fun. And I just thought that this one worked really well on all fronts and really set up uh, the sister relationship as being so important to the show and so fundamental. But also introduced like a like a little grain of sand into the works right because like now there's this secret there's this lie that Kara believes that alex knows isn't true and like can she live with that will it come out when will it come out what's going to happen so it does kind of like put a little bit of drama into that relationship which is also kind of fun to like oh gosh what's going to happen with the the two sisters so I think this one was a really strong episode. I can't remember. Was this like um like a mid-season finale? I don't think so. Uh, let me see. This is the 13th episode of the season. Uh, I think the was human for a day. Was that the was that the mid-season finale? I'm trying to remember the uh, first season run terms of the dates uh let's see they went uh they went off from the break on hostile takeover 
So oh. that was that was like the the what what do they used to call that? I can't remember uh, because I don't watch much broadcast television anymore. Was it like <laughs> the winter finale? Is that what they used to call? I them? think they used to call it like the mid season finale. Okay, right? yeah, because it was like the middle of the season essentially. But this had like big mid season finale energy. But I don't. I guess it wasn't. <laughs> it was yeah. just really good. That's where I would have left people. <laughs> yeah, they went off on the break on Hostile Takeover on December 14th of 2015 and then came back uh, January 4th, 2016 with Blood Bonds. So that's the order of uh, the airing order that happened in season one. Yeah, I really uh, loved this episode. I've always loved this episode. Uh, it's one of my favorites. It might be my favorite episode of it's Super so World, the series. Um, I sort of waffle between this one and Midvale, but it's probably this one. The only critique I have of it uh, is that the dialogue between Supergirl and Non when they're fighting is a little hokey. Uh, I thought it, some of the dialogue is. was not great. There were some instances where I'm like, you don't have to say anything. You can just, <laughs> you can just punch him. It's fine. You can just fight. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. I understand what she's saying. Um, but there's a really good uh, act out in this episode where uh alex hops on the vr and she f- goes to the dream world of krypton and she says oh my god i'm on krypton and it sort of like pulls out to, to reveal everything in her environment and then it you know cuts to black and it, i that's such a great moment it's such a great alex moment and then also there's a great moment um where uh jean is trying to explain to alex why he lied for her and he says that uh uh, that Alex is Supergirl's hero. And I've always liked that. So, Oh, I really like that that line too. Yeah. So there's some really good moments, especially for the Danvers sisters, but it's a great, it's both a great Kara episode and a great Alex episode, which I think is a good uh, balance that they were able to pull off with this one. Yeah. I see a, a comment from Hagelblast in the chat that says the initial order from CBS from CBS was 13 episodes. So if the show had been canceled early, this would have been the series finale. It would have left you uh, on a cliffhanger, but it, it would still have. would have been a really good finale. It would have been a great episode to be like, that's all folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so mad. Um, that it was canceled on that though. <laughs> yeah. It would have had a good emotional uh uh beat to it. So I think uh there is that. So that's that's good to know. I was kind of trying it's hard for me to to go back in time even though that's kind of what we've been doing and try to remember what it was like as a as a member of the viewing audience back then. <laughs> it's, it was so long ago. So uh so that's been fun to try to revisit that. Okay, well, if nobody else has any more thoughts about the episode, I suppose we should hop back in the Legion okay. Cruiser. Or I guess, are we already still in the Legion Cruiser? Have we just been podcasting from the Legion Cruiser? Do you think it has like a podcast studio inside the, the cruiser? I mean, I, I think that I don't think that they're constrained by like budgets. So. <laughs> sure, there could be a podcast studio in there. Let's say yes. <laughs> Let's All right. Yes to podcast studios. Well, we are going to get in the pilot seats then uh, from the we're going to leave the podcast studio get into <laughs> the the pilot chairs uh, for the Legion Cruiser. And we're going to go back to 2022. I like the idea of the Legion of Superheroes having a podcast. That'd be amazing. I yeah. would love I would I would love it because I want I really want to hear from like the lesser known legionnaires. I like, I don't want like, you know, the, the heavies, the MVPs. I want, I want like arm fall off boy or whatever. 
what's his origin story? What is what is his what's a day what's in his the life? life yeah, of, like matter eater lad. I just that's what I <laughs> that's what I want to know. <laughs> um, so we did get some listener feedback. Uh, we have an email from Daryl who wrote in with some uh, thoughts about for the girl who has everything. Uh, writing, it's called a phone cat. You can call Adam or visit him. Uh, I know Alex is a badass, but she would definitely have a key to Kara's apartment. Oh, yeah, that scene was really funny where it was like, <laughs> hey, do you know how to get in? She's like, yeah, sure. My legs, because I'm kicking it. I, was like, <laughs> I, I literally it went, <laughs> when the door like burst in, I literally went, oh, but her furniture. Kara's <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you have to fix that now, Alex. <laughs> what if every time they got like mad at each other, like that was just Alex's go-to? She just always <laughs> kicked in Kara's door. <laughs> She's like, I'm, I've had to replace so many doors. You don't understand. <laughs> um. Uh, Daryl says, in a deleted scene, we learned she lived there first. So Alex lived there first. Oh, so Alex really did know how to kick down that door. She's like, I forget <laughs> my, I used to forget my keys all the time. I, I enjoy that it's probably Kara who would be more likely to mess up the door because of her, you know, her strength and not knowing how strong uh, she really was. Like, I like the, I like the idea that it should have been Kara who maybe uh, messed up the door, but having it be Alex and messes up the door, I like that. It's always Alex. <laughs> um, I don't know why John is so upset. In a few months, the DEO base will be like Wynn and James's second home. It's <laughs> very true. Uh, what's it like seeing the original Zorel actor? I mean, he's he's fine. He's fine. He's no Jason Bear, but <laughs> we can't we can't have everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's a shame to lose Laura Benanti. We all love Erica Durant's Alora, but she couldn't do Astra and Alora like Laura could. Uh, Laura Benanti was such a gem. Yeah, she did so much in terms of playing two different parts. It's uh, sometimes in the same scenes. Obviously, they had to. Uh, shoot those uh, separately because she could not duplicate herself but <laughs> but they were able to put her in scenes together uh, uh with herself which i always thought was really well done it's one of the instances where i'm like that doesn't look like it actually looks pretty good it looks like there are two Laura Benantes in those scenes and i think she handled the emotion for both Alora and Astra really well and she made them very distinct and she she made Astra a sympathetic character, even though Astra did a lot of bad stuff at the end when Astra dies. It's it is heartbreaking uh, just because, you know, it, uh, what what happens for Kara, that that is her last remain. Well, to her at that time, her last remaining biological relative who would be alive. <laughs> yeah, I, she would later find out many more just floating <laughs> out there. Both her parents are alive. Uh, her best friend, Thara, with the gazebos a lot. <laughs> the gazebo. She, uh, there's just tons of Kryptonians out there just ready and waiting. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, though, it was heartbreaking because uh, the audience believes that it is the last of her family, uh, aside from Superman. Uh, all that we... We don't know who he is. At we this just point. we just see some boots. That's <laughs> all we. That's all we know about him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I think it's good to mention Laura Benanti and her performance because she really, I think, she was one of the standouts of uh, season one for sure. 
All right. Well, uh, I guess maybe now that we've gotten finished with our feedback, I think we should get into some snap judgment. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay. Um, our first snap judgment is... What was the best part about the Black Mercy version of Krypton? Young Kal-El or Kalex? Uh, I think this was our first instance of seeing Kalex. So I'd probably say Kalex, although I like the the sweet moments between Carr and young Kal-El. But I think I'm going to go Kalex on this one. As much as I liked seeing young Kal-El... Calix is like my boy. Like I was <laughs> so excited to see Calix. A, a lot of stuff happens to Calix. It's not an easy road <laughs> for Calix in the future. So I just like to see Calix vibe and like where he. Yeah, belongs. this this is this is him at his best. This is him just living the life he was <laughs> meant to live, <laughs> not being turned into a garbage monster. <laughs> so I gotta go, Calix. Man, the road ahead is rough. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, okay. Better Alex Danvers moment. Uh, risking imprisonment in the Phantom Zone or kicking a car's apartment door because she doesn't have a key. <laughs> uh, the kicking down the door is pretty cool, but I think it's pretty heroic that she was willing. She went so far as they were going to arrest her. They called her an alien spy and she she would have gone into the Phantom Zone, which is wild to think about. Although now that we know about the Phantom Zone... <laughs> In 2022, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. She gets there and they're like, we're we're building this warehouse. You're going to need to put on a hard hat and really get to work. <laughs> Jorel's there with like a clipboard. And he's like, <laughs> project managing these, these goblins is not easy. <laughs> they always want to suck out my soul. The Dementors are not great workers. <laughs> She so might have gotten there for like the beginning of the of the build. Yeah, maybe she would have been in on the the groundbreaking. <laughs> Car gets there in season six, and she's got like a like a mansion. She's just being waited on by dementors. <laughs> There's like a, a a plaque or a, a picture in the the break room <laughs> in the Phantom Zone where it's like employee of the month and like <laughs> Alex. Yeah, and, and she's, like, she's like you know what to be honest i never know who the employee of the month is all of the dementors just kind of look the same to me <laughs> great job sam <laughs> <laughs> alex just becomes like queen of the phantom zone <laughs> uh, yeah. the path not taken <laughs> yeah i think alex being in the phantom zone would have been pretty cool so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go that no, that's what I'm going to do, too. It does seem like a worse, in some ways, a worse fate. Although, again, maybe she would have really just dominated the family. <laughs> she would have been able to be a director there. Oh, my God. She, <laughs> she finally would have gotten to be a director. <laughs> what if By her, herself. <laughs> what if Car gets to the Phantom Zone and she's like, I'm the assistant director of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Assistant to the director. <laughs> and then one, one of the dementors is like, <clears throat> and just coughs and she goes, assistant to the director of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> she, can't, she can't even be the director of the Phantom Zone. <laughs> oh, poor Alex. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a good, 
<laughs> uh, worst cat co mistake by Jean shapeshifting is Kara asking for a day off after being three hours late or crying crocodile tears. I think the worst mistake was that he went to the tears. He could not make that believable. It's one thing to be able to shapeshift, but you have to act the part. You have to really sell it. And I don't think he sold it. And a cat saw it right through it. Yeah, I also feel like Kat is uh, not a person who is swayed by tears um, or human emotion. And so so while it is uh, gutsy to show Mm. up late and then it has to leave early, having essentially worked for one single hour, um, I think that the crocodile tears were worse because I think even if those were legitimate real tears that wouldn't have gotten her where she wanted to go anyway <laughs> the best part though is that I, I don't guess Jean knew about Adam because Kat oh, says yeah. something about uh, and she goes like yeah he goes y- yes and, and Adam also him also him <laughs> <laughs> I do love it when uh, when Melissa gets to play pretending to be John like pretending to be her it's always really funny he uh did not uh he was not uh, accurately prepared for that no all right um our last snap judgment i guess we actually have a couple in the chat but um better portrayal of zorel robert gant or jason bear I feel like if I don't say Jason Bear, <laughs> it, it, it would. Oh no, no! I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I liked Robert Gant. I thought he did a good job, but Jason Bear really brought him to life. I think. Yeah, I think uh, Jason Bear really brought the gravitas to the role. <laughs> <laughs> he he really like in, in, in imbued uh, Zorel with like a lot of anger uh and environmentalism a lot of sadness in the phantom zone he was like oh it's terrible here uh but also looking so good for a man who's been stuck in the phantom zone what girl what you doing what's your fitness regime there he's like he's like listen every day i run miles being chased by dementors and like well it's working for you. <laughs> That's how you keep it tight on the Phantom Zone. Listen, I'm never going to vote against Jason Bear. He was my childhood crush in Roswell, and it <laughs> he looks exactly the same. So he hasn't aged like a vampire. Uh, so good for you, Jason Bear. Uh, I've aged probably more than he has in the same amount of time. Um, so we have a couple of snap judgments in the chat. So... Rachel asks, better band name, Righteous Kill or Time Suicide, which is a Legends of Tomorrow podcast throwback. What What's Time Suicide? Do you remember? So, I do. It was like season one or season two. They said something about like, oh, you know, that would be Time Suicide. And we said that that would be an amazing band name mm. uh, and went with like a whole thing where, you know, which, you know instruments would everybody play and went really far down a uh, time suicide rabbit hole um what, what genre of music is time I suicide like time suicide is probably like a rock band i think, think it's like rock al- now. Al- al- alternative rock you i think, think it's maybe like, like, like a grunge maybe alternative rock they're, they're probably something that's on like alt nation i think like coming yeah. coming out of seattle oh like yeah yeah band. like definitely like uh definitely some flannel going on there yeah okay yeah. I think uh, that's kind of the vibe. I, I right. think I think Righteous Kill maybe is like heavy metal. I was gonna say Righteous Kill is like a, a like a like a tougher band. I think. I think there's <laughs> there's maybe more screaming involved there. Lots of there's like, like uh, 
pyrotechnics. I think that they destroy a, a guitar a night okay. uh, when they tour. That's that's my vibe of Righteous Kill. <laughs> I like Righteous Kill. I think I'm going to go nice. with Righteous Kill. I got to go Time Suicide just because it's a it's a great throwback. Uh, and also, I'm an, I'm a... I listen to Alt Nation, so I feel like I would I'd be listening to Time like oh sick. Have you heard the new Time Suicide? It is so good. <laughs> Honestly, some movie. of the band names that I say that I'm like, it's not much different than that. <laughs> it's like, what is your band name? Um, okay. And CM Gutierrez asks, Would you rather bite the dust by a black mercy? Or a kryptonite sword. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. I think Black Mercy, because at least you're not in pain, or at least that you know of. Uh, <laughs> they do say that the, the Black Mercy is like, you know, like squeezing Supergirl, essentially. Uh, so that's probably not great. But she doesn't know it. She no. thinks she's in like, a, Wynn calls it heaven. Uh, so she's in the best, uh, best, uh, outcome of her life that she can imagine so i think that would be more pleasant than being stabbed in the back with a kryptonite sword yeah i'm also going to go black mercy on this one um in the black mercy universe i could be like a successful lawyer and somebody could have a crush on me um meanwhile i don't think any of those ha things are happening if you just get run through with kryptonite sword it's just <laughs> like it's lights out i'm gonna i'm gonna live like a fun sitcom life before i go i think uh with the black mercy i'm gonna like get to hang out with some people and and wear some cool clothes go, wear a disgusting hospital gown that looks like couture <laughs> <laughs> sounds fine by me so that, yeah i would go with the uh, i'd go with the black mercy for sure that is probably a better outcome there uh i also wanted to address something in the chat uh no name says you missed my feedback email and i'm sorry about that that's on that's on me uh, no name we'll get to your email next time around I'll make sure uh, that we get that and we address it. Uh, but it looks like you have some snap judgments for us, though. Ooh. So we'll, we'll go ahead and do the snap judgments uh, this episode. And then we'll we'll get to your email next time because that that is something I, I just I did. I I I bundled that uh, blundered blundered bungled bungled that's the word i'm looking for i bungled that so it happens that's on me so uh the snap judgments from no name uh the first one is which guild of the ones referenced so far on the show would you want to join military law or science so these are the Ooh. the uh, guilds on krypton military law or science which one are you joining morgan I think I'm going to do science. I, uh, as much as it'd be fun to have my own kind of like Ally McBeal spinoff, uh, where I'm a high powered lawyer. Uh, I think, I think I want to be a scientist. I want to like wear proper footwear in the lab and, uh, <laughs> maybe dress like Lena Luther mm. and, uh, and, and just do experiments. Let's, let's find out. My cats are already named Beaker and Bunsen. So I'm halfway there. Uh, you could create could your be, own, uh, they could be in the artificial. <laughs> you could create your own AI robot. Yes, I could create my own AI robot who could help me. Maybe I could name it something like Hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think every uh, I think all signs point to science for me. I am not good at science. I like science. I'm not good at it. I don't think I'm uh, uh, I have a physical prowess for being in the military. So I think I'm gonna have to go law. That's the only one that I could get into that I would probably uh, <laughs> fit into. But I think I could learn the Kryptonian uh, legal system, although you have much more 
Uh, there's much more at stake if you're uh, in the, the legal realm on Krypton. Allura seemed like a lot of people were coming after her about some stuff. So I don't think I want that heat, but that is the only uh, guild that I could probably fit in. So I'm going to go law. Uh, the second one from no, no name is uh, season one, Krypton close or season three Krypton close. Ooh. Oh God. Uh, and I guess also this is tied to it, which looked more uh, appropriately alien, which would you rather wear and which did you like better? So let's take mm. the first one first. So there's really like four snap judgments here. So uh, <laughs> the first one is season one Krypton clothes or season three Krypton clothes. What would you this, say to that? This is tough because the season three ones looked so comfortable, so breezy, so breezy. But the season one ones are like very stylish, actually. They're like high fashion. Uh, so I think I, I think I would like their hospital gown <laughs> looks nicer than like most of the clothing I own. And they were like, ah, oh, throw it on the pile. <laughs> Burn it. Uh, so I think I'm going to go season one. <laughs> I think I'm going to say season three. I like the the comfort factor, but I also like that they had like capes, Ooh, with, like yeah. a cape wrap. I really liked that. I thought that looked pretty cool uh, that Kara had when she went to Argo. So I'm going to say season three close. Uh, the second one is which of those looked more appropriately alien? Season one Ooh. or season three? I don't know. Because like season one, they just all look like uh, they're like really dressed up. And then season three, they all look like they're prop they live in like a commune in Massachusetts. <laughs> so... <laughs> I guess I'm going to go like cult vibes season three. <laughs> well, the fact that Kara was wearing her dressy hospital gown, that seemed pretty alien to me because <laughs> we, don't, we don't do that. So I'm going to say season one uh, clothes for that one. All right. So out of season one Krypton or season three Krypton clothes, which would you rather wear? So this is tough because <laughs> for the comfort. It's definitely season three. Uh, but for the fashion, it's probably season one. Uh, yeah, I really like the season one stuff. It's like very, uh, it feels a little bit more conceptual. So yeah, I, I feel like season three, like you put like another layer and that's just like me in a slanket, like trying to work on my laptop anyway. <laughs> not too different see i like the slanket uh look and the <laughs> comfort factor there so i'm gonna say season three for me for sure nice and they they also uh were able to like co coordinate their colors oh, yeah. with their um with their superhero outfits and so i liked that you you didn't have to have all the same color you could oh yeah mix and match and we worked uh, it in yeah so uh i think there's a lot of uh freedom in the season three look because you're it doesn't <laughs> seem like that they are beholden to anything uh <laughs> they could have a lot of freedom in what they chose to wear uh okay and also uh as season one krypton or season three krypton clothes which did you like better that may be a Ooh. similar question yeah uh i don't know i i feel like the season three ones seemed more fun like they there was like a lot of layers they all seemed so soft and swishy the uh I, i'm gonna go season three on this one even though i've been doing season one for the rest of them i, 
I did. I did kind of like the. I liked the vibes. It was like aspirational. It was like a coastal grandma. I, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do. I'm going to say the opposite of what I've been Ooh. saying. I've been going with season three, uh, Krypton clothes. But I think season one, I liked better because it looked Kryptonian. They had the. Uh, I believe they had some of the Kryptonese on there. Um, I want to say, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I want to say that white dress was something similar from the Sterling Gates run. Um, so I think they may have pulled some of that from the comics. So uh, that uh, suades me uh, a little bit. So I think I'm going to say season one Krypton clothes there. All right. So the final one from No Name, who would you rather hang out with, Astra or Allura? So which Laura Benanti are you going with? Ooh. I feel like we answered one of very similar to this before. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I feel like I'm Has your answer the, changed? The same answer. I oh, think okay. Astra, I think Astra is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a fun night out. I think Alora is going to be like, oh, that's against the rules. And Astra is <laughs> going to be like, come on, let's do it. Astra is going to like get you into some club or some bar or something that you're not allowed into. It's going to be a good time. Will you potentially get arrested? Yes. <laughs> Will you hear a lot about the dying earth? Also, yes. Also, yes. But if you get around that, she's a good time. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> well, if I'm going to get into the, the law guild on Krypton, I've, I've got to hang out with Alora. You've got to hang out with Alora. I've got to know uh, her legal expertise. you got <laughs> Yes. So I'm going to say Alora on that one. So thank you all for your snap judgments. And... We'll snap our way out of here. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, at this time, I think we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV Podcast Hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl Radio, press 1. The Flash Podcast, press 2. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. 
just want to acknowledge that the uh, video that plays with the plugs on the live stream has a, a royalty-free video clip of someone dialing 911 <laughs> on the plugs. <laughs> so just know that I know that. I do know that. Uh, that's that's all that was available. Over and over. <laughs> So when you are calling DCTV podcasts, you might as well be calling 911. <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge just, just calling for help as you listen to these, <laughs> these podcasts. That's we'll, the vibe we're going for. We're here. We to will come you. to your aid if you call 911. <laughs> we're like Supergirl that way. <laughs> we are. Exactly. That's amazing. I didn't even the the best part is I didn't notice that. I should I have not pointed? Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I shouldn't have pointed it out. No, it's I so, just felt like it was good. hanging in the air. And I just wanted to let Brian know. in the chat says I noticed the nine one one. Yeah, see, it was Smiley it was face. it was hanging there. Yeah. All right, uh, should we should we talk about the T public story? We should. Oh, <laughs> I was so excited about the nine one one. But since we talked about for the girl who has everything this week, we have some Krypton designs in the DC TV podcast T public store. We'd love to suggest. Yeah, so if you want to uh, support Krypton and all things <laughs> Kryptonian. Uh, we have uh, some designs in the DCTV podcast tea public store uh, that you can actually get uh, for sale this week. There are lots of sales for uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So definitely check out the tea public store uh, this week. That is a good time to do it if you need new merch. Well, we would like to thank our legion of super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne Marie, Yvonne, Nicola. Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Faith, Brian, Ethan, Danny, and Tara. If you'd like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio, and we appreciate everyone's support. All right. Well, you can find me on a couple of places on the internets. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, and I have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I promise I am coming back to the live streams. I've had a lot of things going on in my life on Sunday nights, and I have not been able to do it. Things keep coming up, but I promise this is the week this Sunday. I'm going to be, be be back alive <laughs> on YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd to talk about uh, uh, a review from the critics of Rotten Tomatoes about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, still trying to sharpen my skills uh, about art criticism and figuring out how I can best uh, be a critic, which I think will come in handy because I've uh, decided that I'm going to uh, be a contributor to a friend of mine's magazine. Uh, so uh, he asked me to do some uh reviews he didn't specify films but i chose film so i i think every now and then i'm going to submit a film review for his uh his online magazine so that'll make me uh, uh <laughs> put my money where my mouth is so all these uh critic uh rotten tomatoes uh top critics of rotten tomatoes reviews are just my way of sharpening my skills so that I can be a better film critic. Hopefully, I will not make the same mistakes those people do. So I'm trying to learn from theirs. Also, uh, I am on Vero, the social media platform, Vero at Derby Kid, where you can find what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. Uh, I've been uh, watching a lot of Disney lately. The Santa Clauses uh, came out with Elizabeth Mitchell and Tim Allen. Love it. Uh, the elves, surprisingly, uh, standouts of the show. I don't know why ah. I should be surprised. The elves have always been 
Uh, they're always working behind the scenes. So <laughs> they're all, they're always great in those films. Uh, uh, then uh, Disenchanted came out. Really excited about that. And then also that new Mickey Mouse documentary is pretty good. Oh, I can't wait so, to see that. Lots of uh, good Disney Plus stuff. I shouldn't leave out HBO Max. HBO Max is still the the greatest of the streaming platforms. Uh, of course, of course, uh, the Max. <laughs> we always got to take it to the Max. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to find out what I'm listening to or watching, uh, you can check me out on Vero at Derby a Kid. And I think that my two part episode, my second parter, uh, Bill Meeks's new podcast, Where I'm From, has dropped. So if you wanted uh, to hear me talk about Birmingham, Alabama, uh, that is a good uh, way to do it. So definitely check out Bill's Where I'm From podcast Ooh, that sounds cool i want to i'm gonna have to listen to that so i know all the places to go and the things to see in, oh, yeah. in alabama you gotta get the uh, food recommendations oh that's stuff. that's the thing i care about the most <laughs> um you can find me on twitter and instagram I'm at mojotastic you can also find me as a co-host on dc tv ether dark and also the legends of tomorrow podcast where i don't I don't know what we got coming up for December. I'm going to be, I'm going to shoot straight with you. We're going to do something. Don't know what it is. So it's going to be a surprise to me, a surprise to you guys. It's going to be fun though. So you definitely want, <laughs> definitely want to catch up for that. Um, and uh, I think that's all I have to plug. Well, I was a little disappointed in the legendary ladies episode on the Taylor Swift conspiracies. Cause I didn't get an answer about Taylor Swift and the snakes. Yeah, I thought that I thought the cat was going to have an answer on that one. Um, the only answer, I guess, is that she's in the Illuminati. That's that seems likely. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I did. I did look up. I did look up the uh, the snakes thing. And apparently it was like part of her whole like, I'm this is my this is my villain origin story. Like I'm in my villain phase now. Uh, so she was kind of going for like evil. So like. Like well, she of, she really hit that. She had like fire theme. and snakes yeah. and like yeah, that's I think that's why she went she went so hard on all the the stuff. She like wanted to look like I guess like a Disney villain. Uh, <laughs> she really accomplished it. <laughs> I saw the pictures from the staging and it was like yeah, it was pretty impressive. There was snakes everywhere. I expected her to come out and start singing like poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> Her that outfit too amazing. is like like black and like really <laughs> kind of menacing looking. She's that was I think her reputation tour. So she yes, was just was. like you know the, the old Taylor is dead. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is me, villain Taylor. Uh, so I think that was kind of the that was the theme that she was going. And now she's like, oh yeah, it's me. I'm back. I'm just like. I'm up at midnight and I'm writing a song, but like back then she was like, <laughs> get out the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the explanation, but I still think she's in the Illuminati. Okay. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us for Supergirl Radio Rewind. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this show. 
Nasty Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Super Bowl Radio. 